1: On your Wednesday episode of Locked on Raptors, Scotty Barnes takes over against the Miami Heat and gives a bit of a look at what a Scotty Barnes-centric Raptors team can look like. It looks pretty darn good. We'll also dig into the Raptors moving to 38-38, the play-in race, the joy of a playoff battle down the stretch. It's all coming up on today's episode. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of mess, so. going on welcome to episode number 1370 of locked on raptors for uh, wednesday yeah wednesday march the 29th I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can also follow the show on Instagram. Just search up Locked On Raptors. I'm unlocked today. There will be more posts over on the Instagram page. What a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Go and support the show over there. You'll get clips, bonus content, all that good stuff, outtakes from the show, etc etc you can also subscribe for free on youtube or your favorite podcast apps to this podcast to support it it's always appreciated when you leave a rating review comments in the comment section all that good stuff also tell a friend why don't you word of mouth still a wonderful way to spread the good news about a good podcast which I, i i like to think that this is that yeah Yeah. Uh, All right. Today's show is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps in the game all right let's get to it the Toronto Raptors are 500 once again 38 and 38 the first time since December the 9th they have been a 500 basketball team they moved to 12 and 8 since the Yakub Pirtle trade a 49 win pace I might uh, add that's not bad at all not too shabby of course with a win over the Miami Heat 106 92 and look yes there was no Jimmy Butler in this game for the Heat It's not surprising the Raptors had a very strong defensive performance against a Miami Heat team that has very little offensive juice even with Jimmy Butler on the team. They did not have it last night. Yeah, Tyler Hero had himself a game, but ultimately, just not enough juice up and down that Heat roster without Jimmy Butler to really give the Raptors that many problems on the offensive end. The thing, though, is is that this game... Could have gone a different way for the Raptors. They did not shoot very well, of course. They were 8 of 36 from 3 in this game. This could have been a classic, uh-oh, they they get just completely flummoxed by the janky defense of the Miami Heat type of game, and they didn't. There was a lot of good stuff in this one as far as how the Raptors picked apart what the Heat were throwing at them, double teams, zone defenses, etc. We'll get into that throughout the show. Uh, we'll talk about the complimentary efforts of Pascal Siakam, O.J. Ananobi, and Fred Van Vliet in this game. We'll get to the good, the bad, and the hmm, but we're going to start with Scotty freaking Barnes, who just took this game by the horns in the early going. 22 points overall, 7 boards, 12 assists, 3 steals, 10 of 16 shooting, 0 of 3 from deep, so 10 of 13 on twos against a Heat team that has Bam Adebayo skulking around the middle of the floor, protecting the rim. They're a very good defensive team. They're going to make it hard on you to hit your twos just with the way they collapse, the way they help, the way they send extra bodies, a really, really encouraging two-point performance for the Raptors as a whole. You had Siakam in this game, 10 of 15 on twos. OG in this game, 5 of 5. Barnes, 10 of 16. Even Fred had himself uh, you know, 3 of 4 on, on from two-point range in this game as well. Uh, they crushed it from two-point range, but it all began with Scotty Barnes, and I think this game, more than maybe any other game this season, illuminates exactly what the vision that I've been talking about all season long, that a lot of people have been reticent to accept as a thing that might happen, but this is the vision of what this team can look like if you just keep it together and let internal growth and development for one Scotty Barnes take place in due course. Scotty Barnes is someone who can take over games. He's someone who, when he decides to put his imprint on it, he can do it at at the drop of a hat. We've seen it in fourth quarters all season long. We've seen it for longer stretches here and there. And there's been this sort of through line of this season, this sort of tension between Scotty Barnes and the sort of old heads if you will. Pascal Siakam Fred Fred VanVleet, the two guys whose team this is right now has been their team for a couple of seasons now ever since Kyle Lowry left. Even before Kyle Lowry left, the the sort of the baton was being handed over to them as it were. And this tension has been Scotty Barnes is here. He's this, you know, rookie of the year. He comes in, he's the golden boy. Everybody loves Scotty Barnes. But Does he just get the the top job on the team? Does he just get the guy status just because of a rookie of the year season? And I don't think he's really earned top guy status just by the the course of the season, right? Pascal Siakam remains the best offensive player on this team. The guy who drives offense performance better than anybody else. Fred Van Vliet, after a tough start to the season, has been fantastic since the turn of the calendar. And these two guys are all-stars. They're champions. In Pascal's case, he's a two-time All-NBA player. He's not, they're not just going to give the reins of the team to Scotty Barnes, but the thing about Scotty Barnes is he doesn't need to ask their permission to go ahead and do that because he can make things happen every single time he touches the ball. We saw it against the Heat yesterday, starting off that game. Every time he touched the ball in the first quarter, something was happening. Whether he was going and attacking on his own, whether he was driving, drawing defense, kicking out, whatever it was, Scotty Barnes was making stuff happen every single time the ball flowed through him. And when that happens, the Raptors' offense kind of falls into this really nice spot because you can kind of play almost like the dream version of what Nick Nurse's read-and-react defense is. All of these guys, Scotty included, Make the defense think a little bit about what they're going to do. And Scotty Barnes, starting it all off, just like barreling into the heart of the defense, you know, surveying the floor on the run or in the half court, whatever it is, working from out of the post. He just, he's got such great vision. He's such a good passer. He's such a. Uh, just a dynamic player when he's on and when he's really going full bore that it just kind of naturally becomes his team once he grabs the horns. The problem is he hasn't done that enough this season and that is why Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet, I know Fred's been sort of pretty loud in the sort of, I don't even know if it's questioning of Scotty Barnes, I think it's just sort of a reality check of, hey, like we've been here, we've done the thing, we've won a championship, you're not just going to come in and take the team away from us. But also, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam are smart dudes. They have won an NBA championship before. They've seen what it takes when it comes to sacrifice and, you know, giving a be- some of your own for the better of the team. If it's just slapping them in the face that Scotty Barnes should be the dude through whom most of the the offense flows, they're going to gladly step into a secondary complementary role where they'll still get to eat, where they'll still get to be very good players, but the team structure and hierarchy is going to make a lot more sense. And Scotty Barnes, with a game like that last night, that's the argument for why you keep this team together. You have a ready-made supporting cast for a guy who is potentially on the way to becoming a star. The type of guy who can affect a game at all turns. The kind of guy who you put the ball in his hands and something good is going to happen simply because he makes the defense have to think, have to overhelp, overcompensate, and it tilts the floor in a way that's going to benefit him. 12 assists last night, a lot of that is him being super aggressive, forcing the defense to worry about him and then finding someone else because he's a visionary passer. He had zero turnovers in this game to 12 assists. That is incredible, but it speaks to the idea that Scotty Barnes, if he just decides, you know what, I'm making things happen every time I touch the ball, This this can be the outcome. This can be what the Raptors look like. They can look like a functional basketball team. They can play like a team, like a team. What a wonderful concept is playing to amplify one another's strengths and to you know kind of everyone pulling in the same direction rising tides lift all boats all that crap all that stuff has the potential to go down here if scotty barnes can do more of what he did last night you go into next season you keep your core around you get scotty barnes doing this three out of five nights, four out of five nights, and all of a sudden the hierarchy questions become answered because Scotty Barnes just makes it so clear when he's at his best, he has the highest upside of anybody on this team. We saw it last night, and I think it was just a really, really nice-looking game for the Raptors. And they did it like, you know, it wasn't like an offensive barn burner for them or anything like that. They shot eight of 36 from three. They're lucky that they played against a team in the heat that doesn't have any offensive juice at all, and, you know, that that helped them out here. But I think the process leading to all of those threes was very good. They shot in this game, uh, what was it? I have the number here somewhere. It's like a pathetic, yeah, 8 of 29 on open or wide open threes last night for the Raptors. 29 open or wide open threes. They just didn't knock them down. And then on their contested ones, they were 0 of 7, which is, you know, below what you'd expect uh, on any three, let alone um you know it's a tiny sample whatever but yeah it, it's just Scotty Barnes makes it all work and i know there's there are these misgivings about the tension between Fred and Pascal again i really don't see a world in which if it becomes obvious that Scotty Barnes is the dude who makes who puts the Raptors in the best position to win basketball games i have a hard time believing Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes are not going to be on board with that as two guys who have already seen what it takes to win a championship. I'm also not surprised that maybe there's been a little bit of resistance to handing over the keys to Scotty, right? Like Scotty's this fourth overall pick. He comes in, he's everybody's favorite right away. Think about the guys he's dealing with. Pascal and Fred, these guys started from nothing. They, you know, Pascal wasn't even a basketball player till late in his teens. Then he becomes a sort of unheralded college guy, gets picked 27th overall, and it was a surprise pick at that point. Fred Van Vliet's an undrafted guy, the bet on yourself, mantra, all of that. It may makes a lot of sense that they would be a little hesitant to just be like, yeah, Scotty, take it away. Go on, do the thing. It's just, it's going to take some time. But Scotty Barnes has it like he's got all of the tools at his disposal to just go and take it. And I think we saw it last night when Scotty Barnes is on when he's like fully intense from the start of the game, when he is making a concerted effort to do things with the ball whenever the ball comes to him. It doesn't matter what the hierarchy is. It doesn't really matter because it just creates itself. It just becomes Scotty and then things flowing off of Scotty. And that is the vision. That is why, if you're on the side of keeping this team together, last night is a perfect example of why that is because you have a built-in, ready-made supporting cast for a dude who might be ready to go and start the key handover as soon as next season. And that is a beautiful place to be if you have an ascendant star, as opposed to being in a situation where you have an ascendant star who's got nothing around him, who's not had to be challenged to go and get the top guy job or anything like that. Like, you don't think the challenge of, all right, we're not just going to give you the keys, Scotty, you're going to have to take it from us, from Pascal and Fred, do you think that's not, like, a good development strategy for a guy to get him seasoned in the NBA? I certainly think it is, and... uh Hopefully, last night's the start of things to come with Scotty Barnes kind of being the dude for the Raptors because they will eventually need him to be the dude. I've talked about it. Pascal Siakam is amazing. He is not the best player on a championship team. Scotty Barnes might not be either, but he might have the best shot to be, and we saw last night exactly what it engaged and fully involved Scotty Barnes can do to make this team make a whole lot more sense we're going to come back on the other side get into my thoughts on the way Pascal Fred and OG played off of Scotty Barnes and also the offensive problem solving we saw from the Raptors in this game something they've struggled with a lot is janky defense from specifically the Miami Heat among other teams we will get into how they picked it apart last night and how those guys just fit man they just Fit, we will get to that in a sec. But first, got to tell you about our friend's over at Ultimate Basketball GM. It is the coolest game you'll ever play when it comes to simulating that experience of being the GM of a franchise. You've probably done it in 2K or whatever it is, you sim through the game so you can get to the off season. What if you didn't have to sim through anything and you just got to manage as the GM all season long? Go download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now and you can do that It comes with all of the different simulation possibilities that you might want in a game like this. You get to deal with challenging personalities of players and coaches. You get the hiring of the right coaches and assistants. That's on you as well. Trading the right players, training players, making draft picks. It's all there as you navigate your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want. You can also join up and play in a league with your friends there's a locked on league going right now that I'm not performing very well in. Locked on Raptors listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store, so make sure you check it out to download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code on the screen if you're looking on YouTube or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day, digging into the Raptors' win over the Heat and the way their offense figured stuff out in this game in a way that they've not always done uh you know we've seen the Raptors struggle against zone defenses in particular over the last couple seasons not a ton of shooting it stands to reason that they're a team that's going to get potentially owned by a zone once in a while and you know without Gary Trent Jr. available they were at a real risk of this being one of those games especially when you know in practice they actually only shot eight of 36 from three it was everything else that worked their advantage here and I think the thing that stood out to me is just Pascal Siakam, O.J. Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, not perfect players, not guys who are going to lead a team to a championship or anything like that, but they're all good Basketball players, and they're all smart basketball players. And I think the way they picked apart the Heat in this game was really impressive. The Heat sent a lot of double teams. They sent a lot of, you know, nasty looking, janky zones. And the Raptors, who typically struggle with that type of stuff, were fantastic. You know, they're usually pretty good working out of double teams. Pascal, in particular, we've seen the numbers from him last year in particular. He was doubled as much as anyone in the league, and the Raptors scored like gangbusters out of that. But we haven't seen it quite as much from OG and Anobi necessarily as like a really good passer out of those situations. OG last night, five assists to two turnovers. That's great to see. He got doubled a ton. They were kind of throwing it into him on the low block and the Heat were sending help super quick. He was getting it out really quickly and leading to all sorts of swings and cuts from the middle, 45 cuts, all this stuff. Um, it was great, you know, Pascal Siakam, I think, is finding his comfort zone within this new sort of roster makeup and within the, the limited spacing that you have with Jakob Pertle and Scotty Barnes out there. You know, he took five threes in this game, missed all of them. That's not amazing, but he had the jumper going. He finishes this game 9 of 11 after starting 2 of 9 and looking a little rugged, kind of grinding through it a little bit. Um, but Pascal's finding his way. And Pascal, I think we should probably just, you know, I know it's been a struggle for him Post trade, I know he's not been his peak self, but also he's not been that far off from the Pascal we know. Um, You know, as he's getting more comfortable, the numbers are up, you know, on the uptick again over the last week or so. And in the 20 games since the Acapertle trade, Pascal Siakam's numbers. Not all that different from the numbers that got him on the third All-NBA team last season. 22.7 points, 7.5 boards, 5.4 assists, 47.6% from the field, 33.3% from deep, uh, 557 true shooting. More or less his numbers from last season when he made All-NBA... Slightly less efficient um, and one less rebound, but he's very good. He's Pascal Siakam. Like he's not changed tangibly, despite there being a bit of an adjustment period here after the trade. He's still very good. And I think playing off of Scotty Barnes, he gets even more dynamic. You know, he's working against tilted defenses. If Scotty's passing out of double teams or whatever it might be, um, you know, I, I think it's just, it, it's going to work. Those two guys together, we see it when they pass in, in transition. We see it when they work in the half court, cutting off of one another. There's a chemistry there and I think there's a ready-made co-star for Scotty Barnes in Pascal Siakam just kind of waiting there for for Scotty Barnes to kind of get to the spot that we all want to see him get to and like plenty of teams around the league would fall over themselves to get Pascal Siakam in as their number two guy and I've said it all along like just because you don't have the number one guy on the team doesn't mean you go shoot the number two guy into the sun having the number two guy in place is better than not having that guy in place and Pascal Siakam Very good at basketball. Lovely clothes for him last night. And again... You know, you have him, you have OG just with a a beautiful game all told, you know, 9 of 14, deadly efficient, 5 of 5 on twos, 22 points, 3 boards, 5 assists. Like, just an outstanding OG game before you factor in the defense. Poor Victor Oladipo trying to double, you know, dribble near him. Good luck. Anyone trying to dribble near him. Good luck. It's uh, it's ridiculous. And you're just seeing that these guys have the requisite skills to kind of play off of a Scotty Barnes if he is going to be sort of the heliocentric player for the future. Uh, Like these guys can all thrive working off of that. And I think we saw it again in the way they attacked the double teams in particular, but also the zone. I mean – they did a good job dealing with the the, the zone in this one. Yeah, they, their three-point shooting left a little to be desired, and they probably could have done even better than they actually did. But plenty of opportunities where, you know, Scotty flashes to the middle. He's so good in the middle of the zone there because he can take one step and score. He can pass to a cutter. He can pass to a three-point shooter. He's got all the options available to him because of his height, because of his ability. He's really good. So that was beautiful to see, Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet, not the greatest shooting game, but he hits a couple of massive shots late, those two corner threes from opposite corners. And then also, you know, he has a couple of huge makes on the interior as well that felt pretty timely as the Raptors were taking control of the game in the third quarter. Like, it's just, again, this game is an argument for why you keep this team together. At the very least, you keep the starting five together. We'll talk about Gary Trent Jr. another day, I'm sure. Um, but, like, the starting five continues to perform super well, and they're getting more comfortable playing off of one another. They're getting play comfortable playing in more different ways you can play the sort of Fred Yak pick and roll as the base and work out of there that's been effective you can have Pascal go to work as that probing offensive engine type that can work for stretches of games Scotty Barnes obviously can take the bull by the horns whenever he wants that could be an effective way for you to go and play they have multiple ways to play within the confines of that starting 5 and the defense has continued to be excellent. The numbers for the starting 5 are not lying right now, man. They're really good. Uh they have I have the numbers here somewhere. I'm losing them. They're a plus 13.2 net rating right now. Uh 120.7 offensive rating. Like they're they're just they're really good. <laughs> it's a good lineup. It's been one of the best lineups in basketball since the since the the Yakupurtle trade. It's just it's been fun, man. And I I know there's a lot to be desired from this season. We're sitting here celebrating a move to 500 as though that's some grand achievement. It's not, but it's nice to see nonetheless. But the, way the team has played since Yaka Purtle, the way these guys complement one another, even with the inability of this team to shoot at all, like I said off the top, you have in this game four dudes with five plus assists. You have guys who can make a play with the ball. Siakam, OG, Barnes, Purtle, Van Vliet. All of those guys can do something damaging when the ball comes to them in different spots and it forces the defense to react and that forces openings elsewhere. And it's a different kind of spacing but they're finding ways to make it work because having five guys who can all make the defense worried a little bit about something they might do is a super valuable thing. There's no guy out there who you can just leave and be like, ah, we're not going to worry about that guy. He's not going to hurt us. You leave Scotty Barnes with ten, you know, 10 feet of space to work with. He's just going to drive into it and make things happen. You leave Pascal with space, he's going to you know, drop step you into oblivion after driving into you. These guys are good, man. And again, it's the heat. It's Jimmy Butler not being available. It's not like any great shakes win. I feel like they haven't played a full and healthy team, you know, in a while as far as opponents go. I guess you know their game last week against the Nuggets, where they beat the best team in the West, certainly stands out as one. But two weeks ago, whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's. They're 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 playing well, man. I don't I the guys around Scotty, it just feels to me like, yeah, th- this is the vision. This is what they're thinking. Scotty eventually becomes the dude. You get the early prime of Scotty overlapping with the late prime of Siakam and Fred, and you have yourselves a basketball team that can go win yourself some games. I uh, had a good time watching that game last night. It was uh it was nice to see them again just kind of play for one another play as a team it's been too much this season of that not being a thing there's very much on display and all of the concerns about tensions and you know who's got the ball who doesn't got the ball whose team is it who's the guy that stuff goes away when you're winning games and when you're you know you're putting up numbers and everybody has a chance to eat in, in these lineups you get 26 from Pascal 22 for OG and Scotty you know Fred gets his big moments obviously late there's just uh, there's a lot to like here, as much as it's been a disappointing up and down, rocky road season. There's there's plenty to build upon going into next year. And this game against the Heat was, uh, you know, one of the the more impressive. Again, the Heat weren't any threat in this game without Jimmy Butler, really. But the way that they carved apart this Heat defense, which can be absolutely nasty at times, was uh, I thought really impressive. Good stuff. All. Around. We're gonna come back on the other side, get into the good, the bad, and the hmm to round out the show. Of course, the way we round out every Raptors recap episode here under the here on the show. Before we do that, however, gotta tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in America, and the NCAA tournaments right now are heating up both on the men's and women's sides. The Final Four, coming up this weekend for both. That's uh, making it a wonderful time to go and sign up for FanDuel because it's giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000, and bonus bets back. If bonus if sorry your first bet doesn't win, just go to fanduel.com and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets when it's all over, all on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com/lockedon to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and of Locked On.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
1: We continue on here rounding out the show with your first listen of the day and the good, the bad and the hmm, the way we round out every Raptors recap here on Locked on Raptors. Let's get to the good, shall we? Talked a lot about the other starters. We'll also give some love to Jakob Pertl here. Just two points for him although his two points, uh, the one bucket he hit late in the game was kind of the dagger that put it away after uh, a bit of a flurry of <laughs> offensive rebounds by the Heat that maybe want to jump through a window uh, and just uh, <laughs> freaking maddening. But then, of course, they miss all of them. It comes back the other way. They get an easy layup for Yak. It's all about over at 99-87 at that point. And I thought Yak just had himself a pretty good game doing the dirty stuff, right? Ten boards in this game, three offensive, seven defensive. Uh, he only had the one block, but he defended really well on the interior. The Heat shot just four of 13 on shots defended by Yak pertle in this game. Bam bio was defended by Yak on 26 partial possessions per NBA.com's matchup data, which again, always a little noisy, but still. Uh, he goes two of six when guarded by Yak. The Heat scored just 21 points on those 26 partial possessions with Yak guarding him. Uh, the Raptors did a good job across the board on Bam in this game. OG had his moments. Precious had his moments. We'll talk about Precious coming up in a a sec here. Uh, But I thought Yak was just a really solid, you know, didn't need the scoring from him necessarily. They had that elsewhere. That was great to see. Um, But he didn't get in the way. You know, foul trouble kind of got him here. But I, I think the 23 minutes he played, he was really good. And, uh, Nice to see. Let's go to the bad. And I don't really have a bad from this game cuz I had a fun time watching it and uh I don't want to get negative here today. There's are 500 baby. It's a day for celebration. But my bad is that it took this long for the play-in to get instituted. Like why was this not a thing for my entire childhood? That would have been really cool. I I just I feel like the 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 joy of the play-in is that it's reintroduced to the concept of playoff races and meaningful late season basketball into a league that's been bereft of that for a long time i know everyone says the playoffs are all that matters chips or bust whatever it just i don't think you can operate that way and be sane as a sports fan and having a playoff race to get up for every game to go and flip over to the last three minutes of a hawks game after every raptors game lately That's fun. That's cool. That enriches the sports fandom experience. That is the best part of it or one of the best parts of it is getting to watch a playoff race. It's why baseball is my favorite sport because every September the regular season becomes this like addendum or I guess prequel to the playoffs. It's like an additional stretch of high leverage meaningful games. And we're getting that right now in the NBA. It's not just in the East where the the race for seventh even is is pretty interesting. The Raptors just two games back of Miami now with the tiebreaker in hand. That's big. Um, but, you know, it's not just the East. You go over to the West. Every single game in the West right now has, like, massive implications. It's been super fun to finish watching the Raptors flip over to the West and just watch chaos happen. It's been great. You know, you have that Warriors-Pelicans game last night. The Wolves are winning games lately. Like, it's just... Playoff races are great. Regular season, having meaning in the regular season, even if it's not ultimate meaning in terms of teams that are going to win the championship, having these teams have these stretches where the games actually matter, where the fans can get up and say, hey, there's stakes tonight. That's great. That's long overdue. And I think uh, the play-in is just such a resounding success. Even though I wish the Raptors weren't in it and didn't have to be, you know, facing the rigors of single game elimination and all of that. I just think the general existence of the plane is one of the best things to happen in the NBA in a very long time. And it's, you know, the the degree to which I'm watching these games in late March and April with like intensity and like edge of my seat feeling, not just for the Raptors, but for everybody else. Like that to me is what it's about. And it's enjoy the regular season. It's six months of our lives it's cool that it feels like it means something again and the play in. I'm glad it's here to stay. It rocks. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm glad the Raptors have themselves a little playoff race here to, uh, keep things intriguing and spicy down the stretch. Even if it's not going to go super deep into the playoffs, there's still something here. High leverage games, games where things matter, games where there are stakes. That's cool to me. Uh, we're going to round it out here with the, hmm, and, uh, it's precious. a baby. Look, One game, you're not going to go and say he's fixed or back to his previous form from the end of last season or anything like that, but this was the quintessential Precious Achua game. 12 points, 5 of 10 from the field, hit two threes. That's beautiful, baby. You get the nine boards, the two assists, a block and a steal, a plus one in his 25 minutes. 25 minutes actually gets more minutes than Pirtle in this game. I think that was actually deserved, the way he played against Bam. He was incredible. Um, The way he plays defense against anybody, it's... And, I mean, we still saw the ups and downs of Precious in this game, right? Like, we saw a couple of plays where he just completely just, like, explodes and self-combusts on offense. It's like watching the Terminator play defense. Just, he's a robot. You can't do anything about him. He's amazing. He's so in control of his body, his movements, everything. He's awesome. And then on offense, he's like a court jester on a unicycle juggling 15 flaming daggers. It's... Something to behold, it's probably going to end horribly, but when it doesn't, it's like, oh, okay, good juggling them daggers, good hitting them threes on the catch-and-shoot situation, Precious. Like, that... That's Precious, and I'm okay to live with the the few hilarious offensive misadventures because the defense is so bloody good. And with there's just like a little tiny bit of offense. I've been saying it all season. Doesn't take much to justify Precious Achua being on the floor. And we, what we saw last night was the perfect amount of Precious Achua. The perfect balance of his erratic side with his more in control side and that is the type of player who's going to help fix this bench who the Raptors can hopefully lean on going forward maybe not for the rest of this season but if you can recapture this player Precious Achua is a guy again is someone you can count on is someone who can help shape whatever the team is going to look like going forward really good stuff again it's just a hmm because it's one game and we have to see this over a more extended run but if you can close out strong here boy oh boy and he sure does love making a statement in late game, late season games against the Philadelphia 76ers. Who's the opponent next? Hmm, just a thought. Uh, the the pull-up three from last season still buried in everybody's mind. Uh, maybe he can replicate that a little bit on Friday against the Sixers. Either way, lovely to see Precious back and uh, having himself a resurgent game. Really, really important. Really, really nice to see and super fun to watch because when he's on, he's really really fun uh that's gonna be it thank you so much for tuning in to today's show uh i know this is like probably a toxically positive episode for a team that's 38 and 38 but like i don't know if you can't enjoy this uh, what are you doing this for man they're 12 and 8 since they got yak they look like a real basketball team scotty barnes had himself one of his best games of the season it's all feeling pretty good right now it would be nice if they could track down the stupid hawks who beat the Cavs last night Donovan Mitchell with some ill-advised late-game hero ball. That was a bummer, but, uh, you know, plenty of time left. The Raptors got the tiebreaker over the Heat now. They got the tiebreaker over the Bulls. They don't have it against the Hawks, but they're tied with the Hawks. It's all good, and uh, hopefully they can avoid the curse of the Hornets who just keep on ruining every team's plans uh, whenever whenever they trudge through Charlotte. We'll see next week, I suppose, how they handle that, or I guess Sunday's their first game with the Hornets of two back-to-back. Anyway... We're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Leafs as the Buds continue to push towards the playoffs. Big, big times in Toronto. Also, Locked on Blue Jays. Go check it out. Craig Ballard, the new host. I believe it's already up and running, and the season starts tomorrow. I love the Blue Jays. You know that if you listen to this show. I'm a Blue Jays freak. Go listen to Locked on Blue Jays and get your Blue Jays freak on like me. Uh, with that, please subscribe, follow, rate, review for free on youtube wherever you get your podcasts it's always appreciated you can go to instagram locked on raptors me on twitter at woodley sean don't follow me on twitter but it's there if you really really want to uh but with that we will leave it there and talk to you tomorrow with katie Heindel, who's gonna pop by for a little chat as well until then have yourself a great day and thanks for hanging